Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. So Anna and I have been here at Northridge for about eight years, and I'm really appreciative of the welcoming nature of this community. When we moved into this area, having lived in Epping and Marsfield and been in churches in in those areas, um, we visited a lot of churches trying to find a church home. We'd been working overseas in Cambodia and had our expectations about what we wanted church to be. We had that ideal list of things that we were looking for. And it's remarkable how hard it can be just to settle into somewhere that can just be home. And it's actually two really simple things that helped us to find our home here at Northridge. Um, We came here once before we had moved and Anna was pregnant with Jonah and Millie. Uh, It was a hot summer's day, a bit like yesterday, although perhaps not record-breakingly hot, Uh, but we didn't have air conditioning in here back then. So if you remember those times, it was pretty hot in here. Anna was pretty big. She was pretty uncomfortable. Seeing her discomfort, a young man in the congregation just checked in on her, made sure that she was okay, and brought her a glass of water. It doesn't sound like much, but that simple act of kindness showed us that this community is a little bit different. After the twins were born and we moved into the area and were keen to sort of settle into the place, we came along with the kids and thought we'll we'll have a go at making this our church home. And much like many new people, we came along, sat at the back, sat on our hands when you ask who's new, because as if we're going to own up to that. And as soon as everything's over, we could try and bolt out, which kind of seems weird when you're trying to find community, that we just bolt out straight away. Anyway, that, that morning, as we're heading out the door, uh, another young man from the congregation raced out just to check in and say hi. He'd noticed us, noticed that we were new, and just wanted to say hi, made sure that we felt welcome, introduced himself, and made that point of connection. It helped that he was a dad of twins, so he knew what our crazy life was like. And those really simple acts of kindness helped us to see that this community is a pretty special place. Um, since then... We've really enjoyed the time that we, we've had here at, at Northridge and many of you have uh, served our family in many ways as our kids have made their way through Crash, Gap, Kidsbiz and now Slam. So thank you to the many of you who volunteer uh, in those awesome ministries and help support our family and allow me to be here in church while Anna's often over there and our Sunday mornings are pretty busy. I was hoping I could race out and do kids' church this morning but Katie was quick to point out, no, no, I can't, I can't say yes to that one today. So in the journey of my faith, I've been fortunate to grow up in a Christian home, and I've attended various churches and youth groups for many years as a child. I grew up in the era of memory verses and Sunday school exams. I'm curious, did anyone else do Sunday school exams? I wasn't the only one. Wow. (laughs) Well, I know that I didn't appreciate it at the time, I can now see that this foundation has had a real impact on my life with random Bible verses living somewhere in my long-term memory, ready for God to pull them back into my mind at just the right time. I appreciate the many role models that surrounded my childhood, actively demonstrating meaningful, faith-filled lives. So the decision for me to accept Christ into my life wasn't a moment in time, but a process where God has continued to reveal himself into my life. So I grew up just down the road in Cherrybrook, attended James Roos for high school, My memories of high school are not positive, and that might have something to do with my passions now as a teacher. I never would have thought that I'd head back to school. I really didn't like school. But that has had a huge impact on how I want to be a teacher and the kind of culture and community I want to build in the role that I'm in in my school. One significant moment in my high school years was the tragic death of a friend during year 10. 
Now, we'll never know whether it was an accident or intentional, but it really shook our school community pretty significantly. At age 15, life wasn't easy. There weren't a lot of positive influences. The grunge era was in full swing. Uh, so that means I was at high school in the 90s, so you can work out how old I am. And while the music was great, the message certainly wasn't. But in the midst of that, it was another really simple action that brought me back into church, brought me along to a youth group. A friend of mine simply just invited me along 10-pin bowling on a Friday night with his youth group. I don't really know how all that happened, but looking back, I can see that God was always there. At that youth group, I found a group of people who were honest about their faith and eager to live in a different way, and a group of youth leaders who were willing to teach, lead and disciple us to be more like Jesus. So these days, I teach science at Northern Beaches Christian School, and I've had the pleasure of teaching some of your children, and I specialise in biology and earth and environmental science. Teaching is a fun job, particularly at this time of year. You're not going to find too many unhappy teachers, but it's certainly a very busy job as term picks up. Now, I love teaching in the subject areas where I teach. I love teaching the wonders of God's creation, from the incredible specifics and details of individual organisms and their features, through to the big picture cycles that take place on a global scale. The existence of a creator God is impossible to ignore. Now, this verse from Romans captures the place of creation in my understanding of God. While students often love to debate how long it took or the various theories of evolution, the invisible qualities of God, his eternal power and divine nature are evident throughout creation. For me, the decision to follow Christ starts with creation. Having studied evolutionary biology at university and through many rich discussions and debates, I cannot see how we would call the diversity of creation and the uniqueness of humanity simply the product of chance. If you look at the human eye, for example, and I was going to turn this into a little science lesson, but I won't. There is such an incredible specialisation of human cells to produce a lens that refracts light just the right amount through a fluid of just the right density onto a set of photoreceptors that allow us to identify millions of colours firing off impulses to the brain in order to understand and interpret our surroundings. And we've got two of them, so we can see how far away things are. If that isn't enough, though, the eagle can do that and spot a rabbit three kilometres away and focus on something immediately in front and far away at the same time. Now, how amazing is our creator, God? As we look at this next passage from Luke, I really love it how some things in the Bible are really clear such as the Great Commandment. Jesus became a serious part of my life during my time at university, and in my eager desire to serve him, I was committed to doing all the right things. I could see that there were instructions for how we're to live our lives and decided, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I will love the Lord my God with all my mind and with all my strength. My experience with church had made it clear that this was really important, and the Bible outlines the expectations for how to live as a follower of Christ, so I was keen to go all in. I did everything I could. I read, I studied at Bible college, got involved in any ministry that I could and tried to do all the right things. When Anna and I were married 14 years ago, heading overseas for mission work was a shared priority. And so in that crazy life before kids, it seems like a long and distant memory, we taught for a year and a half in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. And for other stories from Cambodia, I'd refer you to Anna's podcast from the 4th of August 2019, because Anna really shared about that incredible chapter of our, our lives far better than I ever could. Now, none of these things that we do are necessarily bad things. And while all, but while all this was taking place, I had questions regarding my faith that I just couldn't answer. Now, Jesus lived a pretty radical life. 
He hung out with people you weren't meant to associate with. He healed the sick, looked after those in need, and spoke of a totally different way of living. The Bible's filled with pretty amazing stories, and the early believers were a pretty incredible bunch of people. So as I struggled to work out my faith, there were aspects in my experience of Christianity that felt like they weren't putting it all together. I was stuck in this loop of praying for people, recruiting them to become believers, inviting them into a community where we then pray recruit more people and invite them into our community but it just seemed like there were big chunks of Jesus' message that were being ignored like how we love God and how we love others. The Bible's instructions to love and look after the poor and those in need aren't really written as suggestions and as I worked out my faith in the context of all these other things I was doing I couldn't work out why many Christians weren't more keen to show God's love to those in need. I've really loved that balance here at Northridge, and as you've seen here this morning, with a willingness to reach out and provide real help to those in need, both within our immediate community, throughout our nation and throughout the world. During our time in Cambodia, I learnt that a lot of the world also lives a very spiritual life, and that this can be a pretty fearful existence. Festivals for the dead and the worship of ancestors places a strange and unusual power over families, and this was pretty foreign in the context of my evangelical upbringing. The spiritual and superstitious nature of this lifestyle can be quite confronting, yet I knew that the Bible has a strong message with regard to the freedom available in Christ. When we were in Cambodia, the testimony of our Cambodian Christian friends was incredible, as we could see the power of Christ setting people truly free from the bonds of their spiritual past. It has been incredible to see this same impact of freedom in Christ here at Northridge, holding closely to God's word and walking towards freedom without fear. Now, as a teacher, it's this passage from John, uh, John 10, 10, that I often refer to when speaking of what it means to be a follower of Christ. It's a true privilege to work in a Christian school where I can and am expected to share this good news with the kids who I teach. And in this passage in John's Gospel, Jesus refers to himself as the gate and as the shepherd to his people. He speaks of an abundant life this rich and satisfying life, or life to the full, depending on your translation. And in the message, it's written as real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamt of. Who wouldn't want that? Now, you might have noticed earlier that my faith for many years really only occupied my mind and my strength. Recently, I've been learning what it means to love the Lord, my God, with my heart, not just my mind and my strength. And it's been a pretty exciting journey. Every so often God comes up, comes and I cry and so I was determined to press on. We'll see. I've realised that this real and eternal life promised by Jesus involves this intersection of loving him, involving our heart, soul, mind and strength and it extends to a love of others. We're help for those in need and prayer for true freedom are the genuine outworkings of our faith. I've been learning to be patient with God, to be vulnerable to listen to his voice and to pray with my heart. I no longer head out to the foyer to read the notice boards during ministry time. I did do that for quite a few years. And I've found that this kingdom of God that we speak of really is like a treasure hidden in a field or a pearl. It is something of incredible value that is worth seeking wholeheartedly. I know that I don't know everything and that I can't and that this is okay as the God I love loves me far more than I could possibly understand and is able to do more than I could possibly comprehend. 
I know that my future is secure in him and have come to understand that there isn't a perfect job and that the mythical work-life balance actually comes from finding peace and contentment in Christ. I'm excited by what God is doing here as I really feel that God is moving within this congregation and throughout this community and that this kingdom message is one worth sharing. So as I finish, again, I want to extend my thanks as this truly is an incredible community. I look forward to many more years here and thank you for this opportunity to share this morning. Um, Let's just uh, stretch out a hand to Tim and uh, pray a blessing upon him. Lord, we we thank you for, for Tim's testimony. Uh, we thank you for where you have him in this season. We thank you that he is uh, investing in the, in the lives of the next generation. Uh, we thank you that this, um, this is a man of God who is, uh, who is representing you and sharing the good news. And Lord, we, um, we pray uh, for this holiday time that it will be relaxing and refreshing, uh, that you would re-energize him for the year ahead, and we just pray your blessing and your peace we pray for this rich and satisfying life in 2020 for, uh, for Tim and for his family. In Jesus' name, amen. So now we have Carolyn. I'll just pray for her. Lord Jesus, thank you for Carolyn and her story. Thank you that she's been willing to spend time preparing and willing to share this morning. We thank you for her vulnerability. We thank you for her life. We thank you for your love for her. And we just pray your blessing and your peace upon her now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone, um, for the privilege of standing here. It is, like Tim said, slightly intimidating, but I'll give it my best shot. You know, um, I've had the opportunity to look back at my life um, again, um, but also to think through and pray about the future. I once read in an old devotional of mine that everything that happens to us in our lives, good, bad, or indifferent, contributes to life if we know how to use it. And I guess that in turn points us to Luke 21 verse 13, which says that this will give us the opportunity to bear witness. So my prayer today is that my talk will glorify our God in heaven as I weave the past, the present, and my future into the theme that Rob and Bonnie gave me for today. So yes, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Carolyn. Um, I grew up in a small mining and farming community in South Africa. I had a mostly uncomplicated, mostly loving Christian upbringing. Uh, In my early teenage years, I made a decision to follow Jesus in a church service with my heart beating wildly. I stood up and professed my faith in front of everyone. I guess from then on, the Holy Spirit was with me, even though in the future, I didn't always walk that closely with him. I met my husband Carl at university and we were married a few years later. 
um, we worked in South Africa for about five years and then we went off to London for a work experience and travel adventure. We'd be in the UK for 10 years. As with any married couple, Carl and I wanted to start a family and it would be a long six years before that became a reality. And so started our sometimes lonely journey of confusion, tears, pain, disappointment, and a whole lot of lost hope. Thankfully though, it was also the start of our journey back to God. You know, it, it was so much more. Our journey through unexplained infertility was not only our journey back to God, it was also um, a deep understanding of his character, of his unfailing love and his faithfulness. I truly, truly and very deeply understand the kind of God, the kind of love God has for me and that his faithfulness really does reach the skies, really, truly, deeply. Psalm 36 verse five, your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Those will never just be words on a Bible page for me. Carl and I were going to church at Holy Trinity Brompton and our lives were forever changed on an Alpha course there. We experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time. Our faith came alive. God surrounded me with very wise Bible mentors, teachers and friends. I started helping on Alpha and marriage courses realized that I absolutely adored in-depth Bible study. My prayer life ran deep for myself and for others. I used to sit on my kitchen bench, listening to worship music, praising God for hours, letting the lyrics speak for me when I did not have the words myself. He affirmed the things that mattered to me, my love for and desire to help the very poor and marginalized my compassion for others and my desire to make a, need, make a change or make a difference in the lives of others both near and far. Reading the Bible wasn't just reading the Bible. I can honestly say that almost everything I read over that time was applicable to me as a person and to the circumstances in my life and in the circumstances of the lives around me. It was as if the words floated towards me in every respect. I experienced the prophetic both for myself and others, and I fell in love with God's wisdom through words of knowledge, pictures in my mind's eye, prophecy, and the tangible presence of God. You know, as I was preparing for day, today, today, Carl and I were just chatting, you know, and we were just saying that it felt like we were in the spiritual tunnel of, of um, God's presence and of his goodness. After four years of trying to conceive, we fell pregnant at last, only to lose that baby in the early stages. To say that I was numb would be an understatement. Shortly after leaving hospital, we went to church and one of the worship songs we sang that night was Matt Redmond's Blessed Be Your Name. Remember the lyrics? Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, 
Blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You know, I sang that and I meant it. And I remember saying to the Lord that night that as much as I desire to have children, if I never did have any, that he would be enough for me. And I don't mean to trivialize the pain of childlessness, because for many of us that's a reality, and for many of my friends it's a reality. But you see, I had fallen deeply in love with Jesus, and nothing could compare. We continued our walk through childlessness and all that that meant and felt like. I went to see one of uh, a woman um, at HTB was in the leadership there, and she felt called to pray for those who were struggling to have children, as she had struggled herself. And I just wanted to share a prophetic word from that day, you know, just to demonstrate the path that God had us on, and His affirmation and kindness towards me. It's just a little just some writing on a, on a lined page. Don't worry. Choose to enjoy this time. You will never have this time again. I am at work. I have chosen this time for you, but you are not to worry. You can choose to worry. That's what the world does in this situation. Or you can choose to put it aside and learn to love me and concentrate on me more. This is not a rebuke. I'm delighted with you. I want this to be a positive, lovely time that you look back on with joy. Don't worry, I am at work. You know, I return to this little piece of paper many times, and even now I do, reminding me that God is in it. He knows what he is doing. Needless to say, God had taken us on this journey and he answered our prayers. We immigrated to Australia, and with some help and fertility treatment, our first son, Ethan, was born, and two years later, our Brody was born. God continued to shower us with blessings, and he made sure that, he, that we knew that he was in it. He continued to speak. Now, the story does not end there. Four years after we had Brody, I could not get closure that this was it for our family. I believe God gave me the desire for another child because as if it couldn't get more, any more brilliant, he wanted to end the story on a high. We did not want to seek treatment, so together with an army of beautiful home group and vineyard friends, Carl and I prayed and we discovered the quiet beauty and power of fasting. Whilst we were fasting, God reminded me of a conversation I'd had with a friend in London all those years back. I had been pretty rebellious when my faithful Nigerian friend Bola had prayed that even if I conceived in my 40s, that we would rest in that. I can tell you now, I was not happy with Bola. And in no uncertain terms, I said, I do not want to have a baby in my 40s. God had brought that back. I had not remembered that conversation. I needed to repent, and I did. I had prayed for a little girl, and I thought perhaps her name could be Tatum. Out of nowhere, I would see a poster on an airport wall, and on that poster, that little girl was called Tatum. Friends had words of knowledge and songs for me that God had given them, like, Saviour, you can move the mountains. 
God woke people up to pray, and they knew that God was going to give us another child. I would wake up with a song, Don't Stop Believing, from the hit TV show Glee, loudly in my mind and in my spirit. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you know, God continuously speaking to me through music, because he knows me, and he loves me, and he knows how much I love music. He wanted us to know that he was going to bless us. And at the ripe old age of 42, and miraculously, he gave us our gorgeous Tatum. I know, she's kind of awesome. So that was then. This is now. How do I weave that story um, into the theme that Rob and Bonnie have given me for today? So I'll tell you what the theme is. It's sharing some of the dreams and visions that God has spoken to me over the years, whether I've seen them come to be yet or not, and how my relationship with him has grown and deepened as I've done that journey. So I think I've covered the past. My dream of becoming a mum has been realized, and it was an incredible time of walking closely with the Lord, of intense, intense intimacy. But what about now? You know, for me to really bring glory to God, I have to be honest and I need to be authentic. The truth be told, I have been rather grumpy these last 18 months or so. I have found my 50s to be quite challenging, physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. For the first time in my life, I have struggled with extreme exhaustion and tiredness, low energy and too often anxiety. I know this is normal. Seriously, it's no fun. I'm moving into this new season, but I have young children still. With this kind of pace, peace can be elusive. Have Carl and I made the right choices that have placed us under a bit of pressure in this season? I don't know. We've prayed. We've fasted. We've asked him. So I'm going to choose to trust that he's in it because he loves me and he's faithful. I've not heard the Lord speak to me in a while. My head seems fuzzy, and the dots seriously don't seem to connect. I struggle to read the Bible without my thoughts darting in a thousand directions. Seriously, I'm such a Martha. My prayers seem inadequate and bitsy. I know they're not, but that's how it feels. I need time and rest, and there never seems to be any. Remember my prophetic message where God, uh, you know, that I shared with you earlier where God said, enjoy this time. You're never going to have this time again. Well, I've asked God if I could just have half that time back to do Beth Moore Bible study after Beth Moore Bible study. You know, it makes my faith soar to see God weave his story from the Old through to the New Testament. Could I not have and share those Bible studies with others? Um to make their faith soar? Could I commit my life to prayer, to hear from the Lord so often that that'll put others, you know, um, on a path, on his narrow path of salvation or bring them comfort, change and heal their lives in an instant? What have I done with the words spoken over me with regards to the poor and the marginalized where God has said to me, I broke your heart for a reason? for your greater purpose on my life? What about my longing to make a difference in my friends' or acquaintances' lives, 
to have meaningful conversations and time with them that would make them feel special and to show God's endless love for them. What have I done with my life of privilege to those who have been given much, much as expected? For, for now, you know, that doesn't seem to be my reality. Maybe in tiny snapshots, but it never feels like enough for me. Believe you me, I've tried, and it never ends well for me or my family. So I've had to be kinder to myself, not good at that, and I have to wait for God's timing. He will bring it to pass if it's right. It's about him, not about me. So for now, I choose to see God in the beautiful sunsets over Castle Yale. Yeah, it has. Every night when I collect Brody from gymnastics training, and he says to me, Mommy, look at the beautiful moon. That's our thing, you see. We see what God has done with the moon at night. I feel God in Tatum's hugs and her inclusive kindness and gentleness towards everyone. I see him in Ethan's sense of humor and his ability to make us laugh and his crazy creativity. I see him in my husband's integrity, sacrifice and wisdom. For now, I'm in grateful and seriously and very imperfect service to these lovely humans. And it's my honor to do God's work in this context for now. You know, so as you and I step into the new year, where will it take us? I think if, like me, you don't always have the words, we should perhaps listen to a worship song, hey? The song is called New Wine. The lyrics talk about surrendering to God, about new wine, about breaking new ground, about new power and new freedom. And my prayer is that this song will wash over you, whether you need to quietly surrender this new year to him. Perhaps you can't think about new wine. You're walking through some stuff, and I know because some of my friends here are. Or if, like me, you would like little sips or big gulps of new wine to come out of your relationship with him. I pray this song blesses you and that Jesus talks to you through it this morning and you, as you and I walk out into this new year. Bless you. Lord, we thank you for the words of that song. And we thank you for Carolyn's testimony. And we pray, Lord, a blessing on her and Carl and their family. We thank you for what you have done in their lives. Thank you for her honesty and her vulnerability at sharing. And Jesus, we pray for her now in this new season, like we pray for all of us, that long life is battles and blessings. That's just what it is, blessings and battles. So, Father, we just pray for her and for all of us as we go into this new year that we would just keep our eyes focused on you. And as Carolyn said, it really struck me about feeling really deeply, truly loved by you. And Tim was talking about moving from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And, Father, we pray that would be us this year. 
that we would press deeper into you and know the reality of who you are no matter what happens. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're sort of um, wrapping up now, but uh, please don't leave if you would like some prayer this morning. Uh, if any of those things have touched you that Tim and Carolyn have talked about today, or if there's anything else, we'd really love to pray. So you could either grab someone beside you or around you or come down the front, and we would love to pray for you for that. Otherwise, if you have children, I suspect that this would be a good time to go and get them. Um, they'll have had a great time, but uh, it would probably be time. So thank you. God bless you, and Happy New Year.